0: Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. The cream of the crop. <laughs> Bottle Badaboo, real guys in the roof, how you doing? Do I have everybody's attention now? This is the Wrestling with Edwards Podcast, episode 12, with your host, Scotty Wrestling. This week, you know, it's gonna be a low-key week, unlike last week, you know, we kinda went pretty long last week, it was a great show, had a good time, but, you know, not too much happened, other than Survivor Series this week, as well as, you know, Fallout from Survivor Series that we saw in Raw, some NXT stuff. And AEW stuff. So, why don't we dive in and kick right off with a little Survivor Series review, per se. So, Survivor Series was a interesting card. And I say it's interesting because a lot of the card was built around The Undertaker and, you know, the SmackDown vs. Raw part. But I felt like before SmackDown of two weeks ago, where Drew kinda got in the face of Roman Reigns, they weren't really building towards the show, but there was a lot of good matches on this card to redeem any sort of underbuild that this had. And I was proven right with some matches and other matches not so much. So let's You know, dive right in. Let's start with the Undertaker celebration because I think that's an important place to start. Uh, This was the only part, you know, not included in regular television today. They walked out a bunch of legends, kind of for no reason. They walked them all out just to send them away. But it was, it was a classy goodbye to the Undertaker, a farewell, as they wanted to call it. And, you know, he made his what could be believed is his final entrance in the Undertaker persona, perhaps until his Hall of Fame induction. And, you know, they had Vince introduce him as one of the greatest of all time, you know, plain and simple, the greatest gimmick in the history of professional wrestling. That's what he is. So, when he got to the ring eventually, after the long video tribute, which was excellent, you know, he discussed how for for 30 years he was putting souls to rest, but finally it was time to let The Undertaker rest in peace. And I thought that was a really good twist by him. And, you know, the show didn't end with someone running in and ruining the farewell. No, this was a farewell that was seemingly true. So, we will see if The Undertaker is officially retired. I think he is. I think this was the perfect send-off. You don't want to ruin it. Especially when you're a guy like him. And I watched the Stone Cold podcast interview with him on the network. The second round, per se. And... It seemed like he was set. Now, it's a matter of if Vince makes the call, but I feel like if Vince was willing to do this farewell, he shouldn't have to make that call. He shouldn't want to make that call. This should be it. This should be it. The Undertaker should go off into the sunset just like this in the perfect style. He did everything he could in 30 years. He had one of the most legendary careers in the history of professional wrestling. There's no more he needs to do. There's no match, there's no angle, there's nothing left for him to do, and he kind of said that on the show, he said, you know, he wrestled that match with AJ Styles, who was pretty much that last guy he felt he needed to get in the ring with, so, for him it's over, and I think that's good, That's let's move on from The Undertaker, let's continue, you know, giving these spots to the newer guys, and I think that's something he also talked about, so. Good farewell. You know, nothing... I prefer Shawn Michaels' farewell over that. But, it was a good farewell nonetheless. Now, let's get on to the actual card. Which, uh, you know, the SmackDown vs. Raw matches. The Miz won the Battle Royal. Give him a little momentum with that Money in the Bank briefcase. Which is interesting because... You don't usually see the Money in the Bank winner get many wins while he's holding, especially when it's a heel. So, that was nice to see. Uh, Nothing special there, of course. You open the night with the Men's Survivor Series match. And that's where I found it really interesting. Because it gave an idea to how this night was going to go. I thought, and Ross swept, Ross swept, Seth Rollins essentially got ro- written off television as he got down on his knees and said, for the greater good, he got bro kicked by Sheamus, one, two, three, gone, leaving Team Smackdown, someone in shambles, and they never came back from it, now the biggest part was, you know, Jey Uso did his best to fight and fight and you Know, try to eliminate one person, but it just didn't work. Team Raw was united, and you know, that ultimately leads to where we are on Monday nights. But it was, I thought it was actually the right thing to do because they stacked up Team Raw with five guys that you know you could see go for the world title, so it made sense. Keith Lee got the final pinfall, Andre, so I think that was really good. For his future, which, you know, I'm a big Keith Lee fan. I've said that on here. And I think it's only right to let him keep growing. And he got his new entrance music. Music that he has since tweeted out that he created. He wrote it. So this is very important to him. And, you know, he's starting to feel like he belongs on the main roster. Because he's not missing his his style, because, you know, that generic music was crap. So, you know, I haven't been able to hear his music closely yet, but when I do, I think I'm going to like it, because it sounds good from what we've been able to hear. And, you know, I think Keith Lee's going places. I think he can be world champion by the end of 2021, and I think he should be. Now... I want to discuss the New Day versus the Street Profits. This match was a match that I thought could be the match of the night. It was the match of the night. They delivered excellence in tag team wrestling, something that WWE has a tough time delivering on most nights. And, you know, you put the two best teams in the WWE head-to-head, two of the best teams in the world, they're going to deliver. And that's what they did. First time ever these two teams went at it. Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston the Raw Tag Team Champions versus Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And I feel like I think I said this last week you saw the past and present in terms of teams, especially with Kofi versus Montez because they have somewhat similar styles. Um, Kofi, when he originally debuted, was this guy that could jump out of the room, you know, have this incredible athleticism that just make you jaw drop. And I feel like Montez is the next step of that. And Montez has way more charisma than Kofi did back then. So Kofi's set up for. Kofi, let me rephrase Montez is set up for stardom. And I think that's something we have to all agree on because, you know, he is clearly the Shawn Michaels of that group. If we're going to do the Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty thing. But I think Angela Dawkins will be okay because he can talk. And I don't want this team to break up within the next year or anything. You know, Montez has time. Angela has time. Give them a nice little longer run on SmackDown. And then you can start to split. Maybe within the next year. But I don't need to see them break up for another six to nine months at least. This match was excellent. This match was the match of the night in my opinion. Let's get to the women's Survivor Series match. I don't think this is in order. But I want to talk about it real quick. I thought the way they... Created this match was very weird because you had Bayley be the first elimination for Team SmackDown after you know her over a year long run as champion, and she was pinned by Peyton Royce. So, like, they have to make that mean something, or I don't get it because yeah, Bayley can be the first one eliminated, but you can't be having her be pinned by Peyton Royce. No offense to her unless you're gonna push Peyton Royce. I didn't like that much. I thought Natalia would have been fine for elimination. Uh, a, someone that, you know, showed a lot in this match was Liv Morgan, which was very exciting because as a Liv Morgan fan, you know, I want to see them give her this time to shine. And on this Sunday, her Live Forever documentary will be on the WWE Network, and I will be reviewing that next week on the show. So be excited for that. Uh... But she had some good shine. Ruby Riot had some good shine before they're ultimately eliminated. Now let's get to the person that we knew would shine the most, Bianca Belair. She eliminated Shayna by pretty much survival. Uh, you know she got technically eliminated from disqualification because Bianca passed out in the um, the I don't even know what she calls it. I almost call it the cookie and Clutch. That's essentially what it is, the sleeper. Um, so Bianca falls onto the rope, passed out, but Shayna's not letting go because she knows she's passed out and she's waiting for the ref to call it. But, you know, she's laying on the ropes. That's a rope break. Keeping her in the match, Shayna gets eliminated, but it's what she showed before that that was impressive. You know, she's showing her athleticism, her strength, her ability inside there. Like, she's clearly the star in this match. That's what their goal was. And then she takes it to Nia... They're fighting around ringside. She dumps Nia over the barricade, and the count of ten comes. And as the last survivor, with Nia being the second to last on Team Raw, we were like, oh, well, that that seems wrong. But it wasn't. Lana, earlier in the match, tagged herself in. Uh, she wasn't, you know, doing amazing or anything, that angered them, so they're like, alright, get out of the ring, sit on the stairs, and she just stood there the whole time. And so when this elimination happened, she never got back in the ring until the end when she was the sole survivor. So they re- they wrote this in a very interesting way because you knew Lana was going to get that redemption somehow. And this was a redemption where she couldn't show the fight that she had. It was a, it was a comedy act, and I found that to be Weird. Because, yes, yeah, she's going to go down in history as a sole survivor, which is a big thing. But she's a sole survivor for all the wrong reasons. She didn't do anything. So I'm a little mad on that. It was a fun laugh during the time. Like, I wasn't... I thought it was clever, but at the same time, when you think back, like, what does that do for Lana? If you want to make Lana a new star, which, you know, I'm not a big fan of her. But if you want to make her a star... You need to let her do things that really make her shine. And I don't think that's it. I mean, I don't know what she can do in the ring now that she's learned some more. Because I feel like the only matches we've seen her have are with Asuka. And, like, come on, she's not going to do much against Asuka. So, I'm interested to see where this goes. She teamed with um, Asuka and Raw. They ended up beating Shayna and Nia. So, that could lead to something down the road. But, you know, she did win here. That's that did happen. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn. Bobby Lashley won pretty much by squishing him. Not shocking. And now I wonder where Sami Zayn goes here, because he's the only champion on Team SmackDown to lose. So he's going to have you know some excuses, some probably comedic stuff, but. Sami Zayn is one that's daring with what he says, because ultimately, I don't think he needs WWE. WWE kind of needs him more, and they can't fire him because of, you know, how what he stands for, what he does for community. So it's very interesting. I'm interested to see where he goes with this, because his Intercontinental Championship run has been. Somewhat undermined on SmackDown. I would like to see it respected and go somewhere moving forward. Oscar uh, versus Sasha Banks, another great match between these two. Not really shocking because you know we saw matches throughout the summer between them, and it was excellent. So this was one of my favorites of theirs that we saw this year. And ultimately had Sasha Banks come out on top clean. Not something we usually see, but it was the correct move, I thought, because you need to give Sasha another big win here. Asuka doesn't need it as much. And Asuka's title run, really, has been kind of flat. So I enjoy Sasha winning here. I wanted Sasha to win here. But where does Asuka go from here? We'll get to that. And finally, the main event. Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. This came very close to being my match of the night. Perhaps my match of the month. These two went at it in every way they should have. You know, they're the two champions, the two world champions of the company. And you want to walk out as the champion. So, these two hit everything with each other. Roman hit, oh, I want to say it was two or three spears. And McIntyre kicked out. It wasn't until the referee went down where Roman hit Drew with a low blow. And then Jay Uso came in with a super kick. And then Roman Reigns locked on the uh, guillotine choke to make McIntyre pass out and ultimately lose. So, Reigns reign supreme, like I expected. But it was a good way to look, make Drew look possibly even stronger than he looked before this. If you know what I'm saying. It was a great match. These two could go at it again and again, and I would not get upset with it. And I definitely think there's a match down the line someday where these two are fighting for a title. So, excellent match. Excellent show overall. I'll give it a B B+ first show. I'm going to start rating pay-per-views from now on. I'm going to give her a plus. It was an excellent pay-per-view. I had a good time. You know, there was only... The only duds, really, were the t- tag matches, and I guess it's really the women's tag, because I enjoyed the men's a lot. Because I thought it was written the way it should have been. It, it created a serious story, which we're we'll about to get to into Raw, that you know proceeds. And I think that's what you need to do with these angles, is or these matches at Survivor's create angles to build off of. So let's jump right into Monday Night Raw, which happens to be, at the beginning of the show, they have all five men in the ring, and they're like, who deserves an opportunity for the WWE Championship? Who deserves to go to TLC and fight Drew McIntyre for the title? And they all give their case to you because, you know, they're all the team. Except for Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman was very angry for some reason. He ultimately headbutted Adam Pierce. He was kicked out of what eventually would turn into three matches to send three winners into next week to crown the number one contender in a triple threat match. So Braun was removed. And that created a new road um which was interesting because taking braun out is a smart move to me because you know they don't want him to lose that much and this was a tournament where you couldn't so what we saw was bobby lashley enter he faced keithley we saw Matt Riddle versus Sheamus and we saw AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. Keith Lee won by disqualification won MVP ran into the ring after Lee was about to finish Bobby Lashley. So that's something to bring on and you know look down the road because I think that rivalry could be excellent. Uh, we've seen what Bobby's been able to do this year When he's in these spots um, Look at his matches with Drew McIntyre And I think Keith Lee You know it's a good start to have him be the United States Champion So I'm liking where we're going here Uh, Keith Lee won so he moves on to next week Matt Riddle versus Sheamus This match was excellent as well This this was probably the best match of the three Um, Very physical Between these two Stiff as hell and I thought this was a match where Seamus was going to win because I thought he was going to go on to TLC and face Drew McIntyre. They've been teasing it, but that was not the case. Matt Riddle pulled out the win. The surprise win. Uh, I liked it. I liked the surprise. And Matt Riddle, Keith Lee are the first two. And ultimately Randy Orton and Ran, uh, AJ Styles faced off. And AJ Styles... One When the Fiend interfered, surprising Randy Orton, um, taking his attention away, helping AJ Styles hit the phenomenal forearm and pin him. One, two, three. So, that's what we get next week. And that's going to be a great match. AJ Styles, Keith Lee, and Matt Riddle. That's going to be a great match. A great main event for Monday Night Raw next week. gives some added excitement that Raw needs. Now, the big thing I wanted to talk about from Ra was Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss, for weeks now, has been killing it in this role with Bray Wyatt. And so much so that I believe she's been better than Bray Wyatt. And I, you know, I have an article that will be posted while you start listening to us so you can check it out of my thoughts fully on how much better she's been than Bray in this role and i just want to give her praise because the way she put nikki cross out this week after kind of getting dominated her whole match was what she needs to use you know she used the sad you know i'm your friend type thing and they started hugging and she planted her sister abigail it was awesome alexa bliss is in her element right now And I do think that down the road, she is going to be the Raw Women's Champion. I think she's the one that beats Asuka. Everyone's expecting Charlotte. I'm expecting Alexa Bliss. And I think you have to give it to Alexa Bliss because she's been doing so well in this role. Like, other people may disagree with me. But as someone that has been hard on Alexa Bliss in the past, I think she is killing it in this. And I'd like to see her continue that, which I think she will. So that's all my thoughts on Raw this week. It was a good show coming out of Survivor Series, which is always something to be excited about. Why don't we jump into NXT before AEW? Because AEW has a big show next week that we got to talk about, and I have a few other things. So let's talk about NXT first. So NXT this week, I believe, had a another good show, which they have been having a lot of good shows for Weeks in a row now. Now, I don't care about ratings. They're having good shows. And as we build to war games, these shows continue to get better and better. They're using their women's division like they should be and like they should have been for the past year. They did this at the end of last year, and they're doing it again. So, um, we start off the night with... Ember Moon versus Candice LeRae. And this is a very exciting match. First time match in WWE, if I'm not mistaken. So, or at least, you know, with these current characters they're in. So, this was good back and forth. Uh, Ultimately, you have the expected run-in of... Indy Hartwell, Raquel Gonzalez, and Dakota Kai because after last week we kind of knew that was going to be Candice LeRae's team. Or so we thought. Indy is able to get in the match when Dakota and Raquel get the referee's attention allowing Ember Moon to hit Indy with the Eclipse putting her down so that allowed Candice LeRae to eventually get the win with the Twisted Stepsister finish and Ember Moon was surrounded and she was able to escape, get to the apron and then Tony Storm's music Kids were like okay, so now they're going to be ready to fight because clearly this is going to be these two on Shotzi's team after last week's attack we were wrong Shotzi Blackheart will not have Tony Storm on our team. Instead, Candice LeRae will, as Tony Storm attacks Ember Moon and puts her into the ring to let her get beaten down. Send a message. Tony Storm turned heel. A natural baby face turning heel. And I think she'll be good in this role because, I don't know, I, I, I like the idea of Tony being a heel for some reason. We're going to see how it goes. And they could be getting. Overly heal but Io needs opponents, and Io is the babyface, clearly. So, you got to do what you got to do. So, the team is set for Candice LeRae. It is Candice, Tony Storm, Raquel Gonzalez, and Dakota Kai. We don't know Shotzi Blackheart's team, but we got a good guess after, uh, after Wednesday night. So, Ember Moon has to be locked considering what happened to her. Rhea Ripley comes out later in the night talking about her match and how everyone thinks she's leaving. And, you know, she's not leaving. She made that perfectly clear. She's not leaving. She's going nowhere. She's staying in NXT. And that led to Candice LeRae. And, she, you know, she talks about Io and how she respects her. That hug last week was all about respect. That's when Candice LeRae and her team walked down. Raquel Gonzalez has Io Shirai in hand and said... You lost to her clean, and Candice, you know, she goes and said, I couldn't be stopped by EO. She needed help, which I, she didn't. That there was the most ridiculous comment I ever heard. There was no part of that match where EO got help, or the other one. So, that was very confusing. It was only Candice that got help. But, but... Eos laid out, laid on, the, uh, laid on the ramp, and then they go in and beat down Rhea. So clearly this is where we're heading. We're heading towards Shotzi Blackheart having the team of Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, and the NXT Women's Champion Yoshirai That's one hell of a fucking team, folks. And on the other side, Candice, Tony, Raquel, and Dakota. That's another fucking great team. Like, this match is set to be better than last year's. War Games match. This is War Games. This is what War Games is about. Two great teams, and this should main event War Games. Not Undisputed Era and the Kings of NXT. I don't think that should. It probably will, but I don't think it should because this match has more a behind it in my mind because, you know, Shotzi and Candice have been fighting for some time, but we know the Undisputed Era is going to main event. And we have two great War Games matches once again this year. So, you know, it's win-win. One opens the show, one ends the show. So, really, I guess I can't complain. But it sets up for a very exciting match with just two incredible teams showing the depth of this women's division. And the only thing I'm sad about is Indy Hartwell not getting her chance to shine. They kind of sold the Eclipse as an injury angle for Indy, leaving her... Out of the match. And. I think there's big things coming up for Indy. Down the line. So I'm not too worried about her. But it would have been nice to give her this chance to shine. But you know. You can't keep EO out of this. You don't want her to just on the silence or take over. So you know. When she jumps off the cage. That'll be cool. We learned that. There's still a masked man. For the Garganos. If you don't remember. When he uh, Johnny Gargano won the title of Halloween Havoc, there was a masked figure, and that could have very well been Indy Hartwell because we learned that Indy Hartwell was wearing that mask. But when they drove away, Indy Hartwell, Candice LeRae, and Johnny Gargano were in the ring in the ma- in the car with another masked person. So there's more intrigue there to see who that is, and will they show their face at NXT Takeover when Johnny Gargano attempts to win the title back? Probably, and that's probably when we learn. So interesting to see where that goes. And the only main other thing from NXT is that Pete Dunne captured the opportunity to have the advantage in war games versus the Undisputed era. So that's important. Um, next week I will preview the entire war games pay-per-view special event, whatever they like to call it, because it's going to be a great show. So look forward to that. And let's get into AEW to wrap up this show. Now I'm going to start off this AEW talk very simple. I have a problem with how we are booking matches that are clearly designed to put one person over. People call them squash matches. This wasn't what that was. But it was a match to get Hangman Page back on the saddle. And when he's facing someone like John Silver. This match should not be going over 10 minutes. This match should barely go over 5 minutes. I don't understand where this ideal is, idealism is. Because to me. Hangman Page should be angry. He should be determined more than ever after losing another big match on another pay-per-view. He should. So he should have ran through John Silver. And I understand people like John Silver. But to me, John Silver is nothing more than a good hand to this roster. And, you know, I'm going to get to the Dark Order. You know, I'm just going to say now we can get rid of the Dark Order because... You know, John Silver shined through that, as I've read. I don't really care. I don't watch Being the Elite, so I don't really know. But that's where he shines, and that's awesome. But The Dark Order is very dry and boring. Still is. I mean, good for Anna Jay. She figured out she's grown through that. But I, I just don't care. I don't care. And I'm just... Ugh, I'm just sick of, like, these matches where a hangman has to go 10-plus minutes with a guy that's just not in his league. We saw it with Kenny Omega and Allen Angels earlier this year. Like, there's still something going wrong with these enhancement matches. Now, they got it right later in the night when Will Hobbs actually destroyed whoever he was facing. I didn't even catch the name. I was just like, okay, see, this is how we do it. And I'm a big fan of Will Hop, so I was happy to see that. So next week, winter is coming. That's the name of the theme of the show, and as a big Game of Thrones fan, I love it. As a big Game of Thrones fan, I love it. But, why are we giving Taz the heat for next week? Um, I don't know if you saw it. Taz choked out Cody on the show. And, you know, I know they're building to the next big match next week where Hobbs teams with Starks against Darby and Cody. But why are we giving it to Taz? Why don't we give it to someone like Hobbs? Or Cage? Or Starks? Because they're the wrestlers in the end. Why do we have Taz choking out Cody? I just... I don't know. Didn't get it. I didn't get it. Uh, Now, of course, the big the big thing with Winter is coming is Kenny Omega versus John Moxley for the AEW World Championship. That is the main event of next week, the biggest main event in Dynamite history. No one's gonna touch that main event next week. No, nothing, nothing on NXT will come even close because to me that is the biggest match. And Kenny Omega said. To Moxley this week. Come and beat me with your ability. You're called the best wrestler in the world. Show me. Because that's what I am. And I thought that was really good. It intrigued me to see this match more. And here's my prediction for next week. Kenny Omega walks out as the AEW World Champion. Like he should have been for the past year. It's, you know, I understand the John Moxley thing has been great. He's been amazing in the role. But Kenny Omega is your franchise. He has been. And they just haven't utilized him as that. Now it's time. Don't push it off so he can win it at... What's the next paper Revolution? I don't need that to be pushed off. Just pull the trigger. Make him champion. Have John Moxley finally lose. That's where we have to go. And if this big... Whoever this person is that beat up Moxley gets in, in the way, that's fine. As long as Kenny Omega walks out as AEW World Champion next week, I'm content. I'm content. Because that's where AEW needs to go. So that's my hope. And the only other thing I have from AEW is Lance Archer finally returned. He put his nose in the death triangle versus the uh, Eddie Kingston's family drama because he promised Eddie Kingston he'd come for him after he you know, did what he did in Archer's match. So that's exciting. I don't know where this goes. I'm trying to figure that out. Because Archer doesn't have a team or anything. I don't think he's going to join Death Triangle. Death Triangle needs to stay as just those three. But it's good for Archer because I'm a big fan of Archer. I thought he could have been AEW World Champion. They didn't go that way because clearly they are going the way of Kenny. But I'm happy to see him back. So next week, I will preview and predict NXT TakeOver War Games. I will discuss the fallout from Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. I will discuss the regular SmackDown and Raw stuff. I will have more stardom content as well. And I will be reviewing the Live Forever Live Morgan special on the WWE network. That is our schedule for next week. It sounds like an excellent week to be a wrestling fan. It sounds like an excellent week. To be listening to our show, I apologize for the show being so slow. I'm recording this on the night of Thanksgiving, so I'm exhausted. I'm gonna admit that, but I I wanted to keep going. That wasn't gonna stop me, and I I had a good time here. Hopefully, you did too. Now, next week's gonna be another big show, so be prepared. Come back next week, and we'll do this all over again. Until then, you can follow me at Scotty Rastlin on Twitter, as well as follow me at um, my articles. I should say www.lastwordonsports.com/prowrestling. You can find all my articles there. And otherwise, be safe. Happy holidays! It's Christmas time, baby. The best time of the year so let's enjoy have some good times watching wrestling this next week and definitely come back for another great episode next week so stay safe everyone